Hey guys, welcome back to another Marketer's Mindset podcast. I'm your host, obviously, Daniel. And today we have Natalia Trevino Amaro coming out from a cool land called Los Angeles. Yes, thank Correct? you for having me. Correct. Cool. No, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you said yes. I kind of I kind of reached out to you with an email and I was like, oh gosh, hope she responds. And you did. <laughs> so I'm really glad you're here. Yes. And I have a bunch of questions to ask you. Perfect. So I hope you're prepared. And we did not review these. So I'll try my best to not like, <laughs> you know, to have any gotcha moments or anything. But okay. let's just start off with, why don't you just kind of go over in a nutshell, you know, what you actually do, how you generate revenue, like when did you get started? Yeah. So I run a small business and then I also do like content creation, social media, um, which kind of ends up going hand in hand both, but I run a slow fashion brand. So it's all made to order. I sew everything myself. Um, It's all focused on sustainability and being zero waste, size inclusivity, all the things, um, which is super fun. But then I like to document it all. So like I, you know, film everything I do and document the whole process. And I have a YouTube channel where I upload all those videos too. So I vlog my day to day of like, you know, owning my small business and kind of what I do. And that unintentionally has now become also like a source of revenue. Um, I say unintentional because I started that YouTube channel back in middle school. So it was never like an, oh, I'm going to be a YouTuber. Like I'm trying to, you know, make money off of this. This sort of happened. It just kind of happened because I like making videos and I like editing and it's just fun for me. So now it is a source of revenue, which is really fun, but was not my intention necessarily. Um, And then that has kind of bled into like, you know, Instagram and TikTok as well now. And um, I guess I kind of, you know, do make money off of those too. Um, Not as much just because they're not as like great for monetization, but um, sure. But yeah, so I kind of do a little bit of all of that. So you, I'm curious in this. You have a you have a fashion, a sustainable, sustainably sustainable fashion brand, and you do all the yes. sewing. Yes, I do. How does that work? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's <laughs> that's amazing. Question. I I grew up in a I grew up in a household where my mom's a knitter and a crocheter and a mm-hmm. sewer, and she's like the seamstress for everything. Right, right. So like, I'm intrigued, but like, it takes time. Oh yeah. It takes a lot of time. Um, yeah. So I went to the fashion Institute of technology for college and, um, I majored in fashion design. So obviously it is what I wanted to do. Um, and yeah, I graduated in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. Um, and obviously nobody was able to get jobs at that time and less in the fashion industry. Like absolutely nobody was getting hired in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just ended up starting my brand. And I was like, I want to do something with like, you know, the degree that I have and the passion that I have. Like, I don't want to just settle for any sort of random job. So my best bet was just to start a brand. And at that time, the only way to really start it was if I was doing everything myself, because there's like no way to get to manufacturers or even like think about doing that route. Yeah. Um, and also at the time I was living in Indiana, um, which is where I grew up. I like recently moved to LA, Oh no but way. yeah, like quite literally like a month or two ago. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it was just kind of like the circumstances kind of made me start it in the way that I did. And now I've just kind of kept it going because I do actually enjoy it. Um, So yeah, it is a lot of work, takes a lot of time. 
Um, but I've, I'm at a point where, you know, I've learned how to do things a little faster, kind of more streamlined, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, sewing a garment from, you know, beginning to end is always going to be more time consuming. Um, so yeah, slowly, but surely, you know, we get through it. (laughs) Well, I mean, you got so much stuff going on too. So it's kind of just, it's intriguing because what you make is, I mean, we'll add, we'll add your, all your websites in Mm -hmm. the description for everyone to check out. And then I want to check it out too, because I'm sure the yeah. stuff you come up, you make is just like, you probably can tell. Yeah. You probably look at it and like, oh my gosh, that thing's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I can assume. So like, do you, since you do a lot of different things, do you kind mm-hmm. of have a general avatar or audience you go after? Yeah, I would say my audience is like kind of weirdly niche, um, just in even with like my business, like sustainable fashion is like, you know, up and coming, but it's still relatively like a niche audience. So even with like my customer base on there, it is, um, tends to be people within the like 20 to 30 range. Um, like the either fresh out of college or like, you know, early millennial, whatever, um, people that actually care about sustainability. Um, so that tends to be my range for like my clothing, but then as far as my content, um, it's like a really weird mix because it's that same group of people that, you know, are into sustainability, fashion, whatever. But then I feel like I also have like a older audience, which is really weird. Like I'm huh. personally 22. Um, but a lot of my audience falls into like the 24 to like 30 range, which oh, is nice. like so weird to me because it's like, I'm like so much younger than you. Like, why are you watching me? Um, which is like, it's fine. It's just like, I, it like baffles me. Um, but yeah, yeah a lot you, of, think, like, you think you probably get comparably your age, if right. not younger. Right. Right. I feel like that's like, I don't want to say the norm, but I feel like that's what I, I grew up thinking it would be. Um, but uh, I get a lot of small business owners generally that follow me too. And obviously a lot of small business owners tend to be older. I'm just like the outlier that started their business when they were 20. So I'm like, that's just not normal. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I get a lot of like small business owners, which is really cool. Um, within like a lot of different fields, not necessarily just fashion. Um, yeah, it's a really weird range of people, but it's like kind of fun, kind of fun and niche. <laughs> That's cool. And it, and it seems to work for uh, like the effort you're putting out there, obviously you can monetize it, but the right. audience seems to translate over to your businesses that you have. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of overlaps, which is really nice. I mean, it doesn't like fully, fully overlap. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. that do follow me and that are like more small business uh, people that might be older aren't necessarily going to follow like for my clothing. Cause I tend to design a little bit younger um but at the end of the day like they do still like support my business regardless so they'll still like follow me on instagram keep up with me and like comment on stuff even if they aren't necessarily purchasing which is also really nice because that is always helpful too well you know this this is kind of interesting because like the cool thing with social media that i'm noticing and i think this is well since everyone's trying to copy tiktok i think this Mm -hmm. is one of the coolest things that i found with tiktok in terms of like First of all, you put some videos out there. You don't really know who you're going to attract. And you might be trying to target, like, I'm trying to target business owners. You might get business owners, but it might be like some weird, like majority might be some weird one-off businesses you didn't expect to like target. Like, why am I having a lot of mortgage brokers like follow me? This is unexpected. (laughs) And they're all like 45 or something like that, you know, something very strange. Um, So when you start TikTok though, 
it's almost like they put you in like a little cohort Mm -hmm. of like people who are kind of in the similar playing field that you are. And so as you grow to, you know, you know, basically zero and beyond, it's almost like you are seeing other accounts grow and you kind of become fans of each other, which is, which is strange. And so depending on where you kind of hit those initial people, Mm -hmm. um, might kind of be like, well, this is sort of the path I'm going on. Like a lot of like, these people are following me. Um, I'm seeing a lot of their content. It's kind of interesting that way. You're like, can make a little fan base and grow. It's really interesting. So since you're doing like all this stuff, do Mm -hmm. you have any, is it just you or do you have team members? It's just me, (laughs) me, myself and I, (laughs) Yeah. how do you have time for all this? (laughs) That is the question that I always get. And my answer is I literally do not know how I manage it all, but somehow we're still here. It's unbelievable. (laughs) So do you, do you, do you you have any clients? Do you do any consulting or most of the part you just have customers that you either consume your content or you're making clothes for? Um, yeah, I mostly just have customers, but now that I moved to LA, um, I was looking for just like part-time social media jobs just because it's super expensive to be out here. (laughs) Um, and I have kind of stumbled upon consulting. Like I started kind of working for this brand, doing some TikTok for them and, um, they really liked me and have been like referencing me to people. So I've, you know, unintentionally done a few consulting calls with different brands and stuff, which was like, not at all what I was going for. But now that I'm here, I'm like, oh, I guess like, I'm kind of good at this. Like I could do this. Um, So I have kind of actually dived into it a little bit, but it's not like necessarily like me putting it out there, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I've noticed that too. I've, Mm -hmm. I've had that situation too, where kind of you're, you're practicing some sort of like art or whatever Mm -hmm. you're, you're practicing some sort of, uh, one of my skill. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you kind of hit, and actually this segues into the next question really well, Mm -hmm. but then you kind of hit like some sort of success. Right. And then it just sort of happens. People are like, Hey, can you show me how to do this? And you're like, ah, like, sure. Right. Yeah. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And they're really like susceptible to like Mm -hmm. getting on a call with you. And it's almost like they don't even really, it's almost like they don't really care what information they're you're giving them it's almost like they just care that you're spending time with them to like figure this out it's really interesting so how large is your current audience like maybe in total yeah I actually don't in total I guess maybe it would go around 200,000 cumulative um as of right now I have 99,000 on YouTube so close to the 100k but not there yet um hopefully by the time this podcast comes out i'll be at the 100k we'll see we'll see yeah um, i could just make but, like thousands of separate accounts and then just follow you yeah <laughs> honestly i think i'm like 700 away from it or something like that or i guess oh. 7000 i don't know something i don't know no 700 wouldn't be 1000 what am i saying <laughs> um and yeah um and then on my brand instagram i have I believe 28k or 29k I'm not sure and TikTok I think I have 66k wow something like that yeah that must that must serve serve you well it does (laughs) well it must because it's easy to sort of get like a loyal audience and then you can just kind of communicate to them totally so what does your pricing model look like with your clothing because it's a little bit 
I'm like curious about it. So it's a little bit different since you're hand making mm-hmm. everything. Does that just mean it's more expensive because maybe the materials you're getting, but how does that, how does that pricing look and how does like the process look of, you know, a customer finding you and then they inquire or you have stock or how does that look? Um, yeah. So it, on my website looks like any other website where you would just like order something um, like normally, like put in your size, whatever, but I don't necessarily have it in stock. I make the product after you order it. Um, but yeah, as far as pricing, it's been quite the journey. Um, just because like, I think when I initially started, I really wanted to make affordable, sustainable clothing. Cause that's like unheard of. Um, I yeah. quickly realized why it's unheard of because it's literally so expensive to produce clothing. So at the time when I like started, I think I was making stuff for under like $50, and people were still giving me like crap about it being too expensive, but I was like hand making every piece. Well, and, like, what like, was, what was like, what was one of the, an example of a piece you made that was like 50 bucks? Yeah. I made, um, some dresses initially, like pretty simple dresses. It wasn't anything crazy necessarily. Oh. Um, but like, it's still, you know, handmade, like made to order, made to your size, like with any adjustments, customizations, anything. Um, and at the time I was living with my parents, so I didn't notice the like money issue behind it. I was like, Oh, like I'm making good money. Cause I wasn't paying rent or anything. Sure. But as soon as I moved out on my own, I was like, wow, this is so unsustainable. I need to actually be making money. <laughs> um, because I just like, wasn't paying myself enough at all. But now I've gotten to a point where like, I, you know, have like my cost of materials down, like to the T, like I used to just round it, be like, oh, it's roughly this. I'm like, no, it's actually exactly this, you know, threads included, zippers, whatever, all those things. Yeah. Um, and then I pay myself hourly for how long it takes me. And I used to only pay myself for like the sewing aspect of it. But now I'm like, okay, no, I actually need to like put in all of the um, actual design time, like all the pattern making. That's something that I wasn't putting into my time originally, but that takes a long time to like actually, you know, make each size and to cut it out and all of those things. So now I add that into it as well. And then I never added profit originally. Oh no. So yeah. So like I would just pay oh. myself hourly and be like, oh, well I made this. So I'm just paying myself like the hourly wage or whatever. And I thought that was fine. But then I was like, oh. no, like I need to like actually add some profit into this. Like I thought I was profiting because I was paying myself for the time, but it's like, if somebody else was doing it for me, I would have been making no money because I'd be paying them all the money for the like item. Um, so now my pieces are like, quote unquote, more expensive to the average person. Obviously it's not like something that you just pick up randomly and like impulse buy. I don't think, which obviously is not even my goal. I don't want you to impulse buy my things. Um, but yeah, now my things are closer to the 100 and 200 range. Like I try to still keep it relatively normal, affordable. Like I don't want to go into like the five to 600 range or anything. Um, <laughs> I, have, I have a little friend. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> okay. Thank you. See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so cute. Like she's like, here's a half eaten bagel. I love it. I know. Yeah. How, if I get, how kind. If I get hungry during the podcast, you know, now you have a half eaten bagel to munch on. <laughs> oh my God. So you're now selling on between hundred to 200. Yes. Have you seen, how has that affected 
your current sales or audience. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously more valuable. Right. So I think a lot of different factors. Um, Initially when I started and it was like, you know, early pandemic COVID times, it was just easy to grow at the time. And a lot of people were online. Um, So I had a couple of viral moments where everything sold out and like it would sell out in like 10 minutes and things like that. Wow. But obviously things change over the years and now it's not necessarily like that. My prices are higher. So, um, you know, I would say sales are a little bit slower, but I kind of like it more because I noticed that people are a lot more intentional with their purchases. Like a lot of people will be like, I've been like saving up to buy one of your pieces. And like, that's something that like, I really value because I want my pieces to be valued in that way. Like, I don't want it to just be like some random piece you're buying and wearing once and then it's over. Like I want it to be something special for you. Um, so yeah, it is kind of slower, but I am also making more off of them. So I think at the end of the day, it kind of evens out. Um, and I have less work to do, which is nice. Well, so here, here's something I want to mention that I think you're Mm -hmm. doing really right, which is, um, okay. You have a skill that you know how to do really well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or you have someone else that knows how to do it really well. So you basically Mm -hmm. just need to bring in sales. But the point is like, when you have something like that, that you can easily like just get a sale and then just make it happen easily. You don't have to like figure things out necessarily. Mm -hmm. It can be really easy to want to just keep cranking sales in. Right. Forget about like everything else. Right. Be like, well, I just need more sales. I just want them. I want my Lamborghini. I want this. I want my house in the hill. I want all that. And I'm just going to like quantity and volume. Mm -hmm. And what you could lose track of is that you should really learn to just do like one client or customer like really well. Right. And then go from there. Cause if you, if you start growing too quickly, um, it's just going to be more difficult to maintain that quality and just in general of Mm -hmm. like you servicing the customer or the customer or the product you give to them. And it's just not going to end well. Like they're not going to be happy in the long term, Right. So it takes a lot of self-control to kind of say, well, you know what, I'm going to charge more. And the other thing to do that, Mm -hmm. the other point to that too, is um, they might, people might say, well, I'm just going to charge less and I might get more sales, but it's, it's a cool perspective you have that takes self-control to go, no, no, I'm not trying, I'm playing a long-term game. Right. I'm trying to build a brand. I'm trying to build something that they know if they're going to spend $200 on this, they're going to be like, it's going to be worth it. Right. And they're going to see it and feel it when they, when they have that. So that's really cool. You're, I mean, you're 22. Yeah. And you're already kind of have this like idea in your head that a lot of people don't usually. Right. So you just right. like quick money, fast money, drop ship done. Yeah. So, so that's really interesting. And I think that'll serve you well in the long term. and you'll thank be able you. to keep your quality and it's good that you calculate profit now. <laughs> yes. Thank God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. That's so funny. Well, I mean, you know, you start something, you just got to figure it out and exactly. then you just learn your lesson. Yeah. So besides your social networks, do you have other marketing strategies you use or is it pretty much just all organic and you just built your audience up and you continually build it or are you doing anything else with marketing? Yeah, no, it really has all been organic through social media for me. I haven't done any sort of paid advertisement at all. Um, I've done like events and, you know, collaborations, but at the end of the day, like those have been very social media based anyway. 
So it really has just been the power of social media for me, which is incredible, you know? Wow. So what's your, what's your number one tip if someone was trying to build a social media platform? Um, Well, you could get specific if you want, or you can make Mm -hmm. it general, which, whichever you prefer, but what's, what are some like tips you could give if someone's starting a business and obviously social media is kind of like an easy win because it's there, right? What are some tips you could provide to someone that will kind of ensure they kind of get started with social media correctly on the right foot, right out of the gate? Yeah, I think um, consistency is really important. So like really pushing yourself to, you know, stay on top of it, especially in the beginning, because, you know, the algorithms will favor the users that are using it often. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's always really good. And then I think aside from that, also just like learning the platforms really well, like if you're starting a business and you're new to TikTok and you're just randomly posting videos, like it's probably not going to do well. Like you need to understand the platform, how it works. Like specifically TikTok, it's such a weird platform that I feel like you really have to be like a consumer of it to understand like the content that you should be putting on it. Just because Mm -hmm. like, you know, like weird trending sounds, like if you're not on TikTok, like actually scrolling through those sounds and like understanding the trend behind it, you're probably going to be so confused of like, why is this, you know, sound trending when it's like, I don't know, a bit from like a little kid's TV show or something weird like that. Yeah. It's always random things like that, that you're just like, why would this be trending? But then you have to kind of be a consumer to kind of understand it. Um, So like knowing the platforms, being consistent. And then I also think it's just important to kind of stay authentic and not look at the numbers too much, because I notice that anytime mm-hmm. that I look into my numbers too much, or I'm so heavily focused on like, oh, well, this got more views, I should do this, whatever, like the content just doesn't hit the same. And it's just like, whatever. Um, but when you're just like genuinely enjoying what you're putting out and like just being authentic with it and yeah. not thinking about it too much, I find that that content always does so much better for me. Um, just because people are attracted to authenticity, like nobody wants, I don't know, somebody who's like trying too hard to grow social media. Like it doesn't feel genuine. Uh, yes. You know? I know. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. So social that's what media I would say. Is, I think that's great advice. Mm-hmm. And social media has definitely changed a lot. Yeah. Do you, remember, do you remember when like, um, I'm trying to think we started when you were like 12, you were saying, right? Yeah, I was um, like eighth grade, middle school. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think. I don't know how long ago it was, but maybe you remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you would go on social media before mm-hmm. TikTok or before yeah. Instagram or Reels, just kind of like the standard post. Right. I think even before stories, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and you would see these posts. First of all, it was just like an image. But yeah. then when you go on business sites so like your business um Mm -hmm. instagram page or facebook page and you would look at it and it was so like dull yes do you remember it was like stock photos or it was like um high a lot an image which is a ton of graphics and their logos and text it was just super like we're we're a clothing company right yeah okay yeah so it's weird how that was so uh, formatted in a certain way. And then, mm-hmm. and then beyond, a little bit beyond, it's like, well, no, you can't put anything out. It has to look professional. You have to like wear a suit. Right. You have to do this. Yeah, especially when LinkedIn came out. That was oh, like, yeah. you know, this is totally. a Facebook, that kind of thing. So 
it's funny how it went from that to now the most viral videos is someone just was authentic, did some weird thing for three seconds or five seconds or seven. (laughs) They're just wearing normal clothes with like a messy bun. Mm -hmm. And that, that garners, that's what people are consuming because it's just how much more um, natural can you get? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's unbelievable. And it's crazy seeing like these larger companies do that too. And this is probably, oh yeah, this is probably where it's going to extend so much more. We see these bigger companies doing the same thing, trying to just be relatable and just right. normal. Right. I don't know about you, but I, I prefer that more too. Oh, me too. I think it's just, I don't know, as a, like, as a consumer of any business or whatever, like I want to support businesses that I'm like, I stand behind or like that have the same values or that I feel connected to. So I feel like when they do let that guard down and like are so much more personal, it makes me want to buy from them more or like, you know, use their products or whatever. Cause it just, I don't know, it feels more yeah. friendly, more approachable than if they're just, you know, doing the whole professional, like we're too good to do this kind of deal. I'm like, I don't care to support you. You know, it's hard to, it, cause yeah. It, well, like I almost said Natalie. Natalia. <laughs> so like for, for you and I, like we just met, we're having a great right, conversation. Right. You're telling me about your cool clothing brand and stuff. Mm-hmm. And now that, now that we, now we have like a sort of a um, friendship in a way. Right. And it does make me want to be like, Oh, I want to buy from Natalia now. Right. Totally. I want to support her and, you know, um, make sure she can, it, getting her profit out of it and that sort of right. thing. But it does make you do that. And it is difficult to relate to, to something mm-hmm. when it's vague on who it is you're relating to other than just a logo. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm sure that served you really well. Oh, so totally. In the past 12 months or yeah, mm-hmm. I have an idea right here. I think this is gonna be good. In the past 12 months, like how much, how much revenue do you think you've made off your clothing brand? And then in the next 12 months, whatever revenue goal you have, what do you think the number one thing would be to hit that new goal that you would have to change? Yeah. Over the past 12 months, it's been a little inconsistent. I've had like a really weird year um, just because like I took a month off from for like to go to Spain to visit family. So I wasn't making any money then. And then I recently moved and I had to take two months off because my movers were delayed and I didn't have my stuff. So I've been so all over the place. And honestly, my shop has been like kind of on the back burner. Like it's just been a very up and down year. Very, very up and down. Um, So not a whole lot. Um, I think a lot of people assume I make a lot of money from my brand just because I have a big following. But it doesn't work that way. I realistically don't think I could live off of just doing my brand. Like if I didn't have social media, like I don't think I could do it full time. Um, so if that says anything, yeah, but so I like, think, but like, so like if you wanted to, and you don't have to give numbers or anything, yeah. it's kind of more of a thought exercise. Right. Like if you, now, if you were to get to your next goal, mm-hmm. whether that's business wise or following wise or whatever it is, what do you think the one thing you'd have to change to like project you in that direction? 
Yeah. As far as my business, I think the one thing that would have to change is to actually have a team behind me because, um, <laughs> like I can't, like I can grow, but I can't like, I have a limit if I'm making everything myself, like I can't physically make more products. So even if I got more orders, it's like, I literally cannot produce them myself. Yeah. So realistically, like my next step is to hopefully get some sort of help so I can actually produce more because that's kind of what's kept me pretty stagnant in that area, yeah. um, which is why I moved to LA is because I wanted to be able to be around people that could actually help me. Cause I was living in Indiana and that's just, I tried to get help out there and there was just nothing. It was and just, you, well, I, I mean, LA is great for what you're doing. Right. Too. right. So yeah. that, that's amazing. How long yeah. have you been in LA? Since late May. So like, Oh, you're like super fresh, super fresh, super fresh. Wow. So I have a big fat question. Mm -hmm. Um, The people that listen to this podcast is kind of a spectrum. It's kind of like, there's a lot of people who are before where you're at. So, Mm -hmm. which basically means they're not even started in anything. Okay. And probably the next closest thing they could start off is just considering like, well, what do I want to do? Maybe I want to start building a social media presence to like, if I launch a business later, I can have some people to launch to, or they're not even starting anything at all. Um, there could be people more like you who kind of have, have, have a business. They have, they've started something, they're pursuing things. And then it kind of is like beyond and above. It kind of just goes up from there. But a lot of people that listen to this podcast are kind of just, they're considering starting a business or maybe they have, and they have a few sales or a few clients. So it's just kind of new people. So what's like the number one advice do you think you could give to someone who's sort of just starting out that you feel like could save them the most time? So they're not just kind of aimlessly mm-hmm. floating around and just dipping their toes and everything. Yeah. I think that writing down like your goals and kind of actually, you know, planning things and staying on top of that is really important. Like I'm just, I'm a huge planner and I like to, you know, write everything down, but I think that's been super helpful. And just even like goal setting, um, I think it's important to be like, oh, maybe like within six months, I would like to hit X amount of orders or do whatever. Um, And I feel like that just helps you stay on track so that you don't forget later, like, oh, what did I say I wanted to do? Or like, you know, it just, I don't know. It helps. Um, I'm also like big into like yeah. manifesting it. And I feel like if you write it, it just is more likely to come true. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least it's what I've noticed or like making um, like a vision board is really important. Something you can look at every day to like remind yourself of everything that you're doing. Um, I think will also, you know, save you the time of having to think like, Oh wait, what did I say? I wanted to do whatever. And then Weekly. I agree with that. Yeah, totally. And then weekly, I like to do like, you know, to-do lists of things I want to get done within the week just to, you know, not forget anything. Because I think a lot of um, small business owners or people that, you know, start their own thing tend to be creatives and creatives tend to not be so organized a lot of the time. <laughs> um, just because, you know, you have all these ideas and it's super great, but sometimes you're not on top of like, you know, keeping it um, all put together or whatever. And you're just like always thinking and always have a million things on the, on your mind. So yeah. Um, yeah. Just staying on top of like time management and like actually getting things written and like being able to visualize everything you have to do is kind of what helps me stay on top of it all. That's fantastic advice. I, I feel, I feel that 
when you sort of just take your day on without planning it, mm-hmm. you, you'll work like, I don't know, eight hours, you know, eight, 12 hours. And you're like, I didn't get anything done. Totally. I yeah. Like sat there. Yeah. So I could, t- I, I, I agree with you with the manifestation thing. Like you put, mm-hmm. you write out what you want to happen. You write your goals one step at a time to try to hit. And it doesn't have to be huge goals. It could be like little micro, micro right. goals. Totally. And then it'll keep you on track with planning your days out and stuff. The thing though, is like, it's kind of, I struggle with that because I have to then sit down and like, right. That's everyone's struggle. <laughs> what I'm doing. But when I do that, it does, it does work. It is, yeah. it is worth the effort on planning that out. Totally. Yeah. That, that was my last question. Perfect. I, I don't have any more. I mean, I, I can think of some random ones, like <laughs> what's your favorite color? Um, I used to always say yellow when I was younger, but nowadays I'm leaning more towards like pink or red. Ooh, not together. Yeah, though. not necessarily. No. Okay. But I vibe with those two colors a lot. <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much. Again, I have Nat- Natalia Trevino Amaro. You're now in Los Angeles. Yes. Where can people find you? Um, you can pretty much search my name on any platform and you will find me. So I'm just Natalia Trevino Amaro on pretty much anything, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. And what is your website for your, for your clothing? It is also nataliatrevinoamaro.com. So simple, simple, easy. Love it. Yes. Again, I'm so glad I got to talk to you. This was really fun. I learned a lot. The coolest thing I got out of this is that you're not wavering your value. And I mean, that, that's, that's really a, it's really a big thing that right. I think you're doing well, um, you. but you're not wavering your value. You've actually increased your value and you're mm-hmm. doing sustainable clothing and making them handmade. That's just, super yeah. Cool. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me.